Good morning, and peace be with you. I want to direct your attention to our bulletin, and you'll notice an old friend that has reappeared, and this is the second week, and that is our announcement bulletin, uh, and I would like for you to take a look at that. Uh, there is a, uh, as always, the sit and be fit is uh, happening on Tuesdays, and so come. Uh, it looks like a good time to me. We had lots of ladies there uh, this last Tuesday, and uh, well, I probably should be out there too, getting fit. Another, another sermon, another time. Uh, we have a ladies' Bible study that uh, is being hosted by uh, Debbie, and uh, that is uh, turning out to be well attended as well, and I'm grateful for you to be putting that on and being a minister of God's Word through a book called The Story, and so come. Uh, that is a fun time. I've, I've witnessed it, so please come, and that happens on Wednesdays at 1.30. The naughty ones, the knitters are back, and uh, I witnessed that, and they were naughty knitters. And we had a good time. We went in there and had some theological uh, talks and, and so forth, got some great questions, and I uh, did the best that I could to answer them, and it was a lot of fun, fellowship and knitting. And uh, certainly there are others that benefit from that, those uh, prayer shawls and prayer blankets that are made each, not a stitch, each loop, it's a stitch, it's a stitch. Each stitch has got a prayer soaking in it. And um, so uh, if you know somebody that is in need right now of comfort and prayer, maybe somebody that is going through uh, a hard time, be it medical or any other, uh, let us know in the office, and we'll make sure that we get one of those blankets that are made with love to them. And then this uh, next Wednesday, or not this following Wednesday, but the one after that on October 7th, we're going to have lunch with Pastor Ken. Oh boy, it is a lot of fun. Bring a sack lunch, and we will get together and give thanks to the Lord and uh, have a little chit-chat over a sandwich. So uh, those are, uh, that's always been a, a favorite of mine, good time. And then Reformation Sunday and All Saints Day will be combined. And that is uh, going to happen on November the 1st. So during All Saints Day, we name those who have gone home to be with the Lord in the previous year. And if you would like uh, a loved one's name added to that and a white rose that it commemorates them, please uh, let Ashley know in the office. Also, uh, we've been... Uh, working with the Second Harvest Food Bank. And as you know, there are boxes in the Narthex here and then also over near the office in the fellowship hall. And uh, we continue to need donations for that. I'm thinking because somebody very wise came to me and said, maybe if we did a drive on one day a month, we could fill those boxes up. The neat thing about Second Harvest is they come and pick the boxes up and leave us new boxes. The other neat thing about that is that there are people that need food right now. Um, I don't, obviously, but uh, there is a lot of people out there because of what we've experienced over the last few months that could e use all the help that they can get, especially prayers, but tangible things like food. So please consider that, and I'll have more on what date we decide to do a, just a, a drive on a certain Sunday. Okay? Amen? Well, let us get started. Our opening hymn is Jesus' Name Above All Names. Above all names. 
blessed Redeemer, living Word, blessed Redeemer, living In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you too in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, by what we have not done. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare the forgiveness of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy. Thank you.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you exalted your Son to the place of all honor and authority. Enlighten our minds by your Holy Spirit that confessing Jesus as Lord we may be led into all truth through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. All right, the first reading this morning is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and then 25 through 32, and it can be found on page 1309 in your pew Bible. Ezekiel is one in a procession of prophets. He follows Jeremiah, who follows Isaiah. And Jeremiah predicted the fall of Jerusalem, and the captive of the Israelites by Babylon, and then it happened. Ezekiel was in captivity in Babylon when he was called by God to be a prophet. And his prophecy was also the destruction of Jerusalem, which occurred probably, probably about 10 years after he was called. And then his end of Ezekiel, he's prophesying the reconstruction of the Israelites and the return to Jerusalem. So, Ezekiel chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. The word of the Lord came to me, quote, What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel, for everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Here, you Israelites, is my way unjust? Is it not, is it not your ways that are unjust? If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin, they will die for it. Because of the sin they have committed, they will die. But if a wicked person turns away from the wickedness they have committed and does what is just and right, they will save their life. Because they consider all the offenses they have committed and turn away from them, that person will surely live. They will not die. Yet the Israelites say, the way of the Lord is not just. Are my ways unjust, people of Israel? Is it not your ways that are unjust? Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Now we'll read Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10, responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. 
Psalm 25 is a psalm of David, which are always a joy to read. Sometimes David is uh, complaining about all the trouble he's gotten himself into and wanting to be saved, and other times he's thanking God for saving him. In this case, it's a praise. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come to those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. And this can be found on page 1827 in your pew Bible. This is one of Paul's letters and his most loving and personal that he wrote to the people of Philippi. Well, he was in prison in Rome at the time, about 30 years after the crucifixion. Faith in the saving grace of Christ is the greatest gift of God. That's what Paul is saying. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we go? You have the words of eternity. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 through 32, and can be found on page 1532 in your Pew Bible. Matthew 21, 23 through 32. Jesus entered the temple courts. While he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing, and he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? Well, the first, they answered. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. One more time, Matthew 21. But what do you think, Jesus said? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. And he came to the second and said the same thing, but he answered and said, I will not. Yet afterward, he regretted it, and he went. And which of the two did the will, did the will of his father? And they said, the latter. And again we hear, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax gatherers and the harlots will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax gatherers and the harlots did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe him. My beloved, that is what you are. Hear me now. There exists in me 
an exposed nerve that can be touched by the words of other pastors and preachers. I have, I have listened to them and I've heard them assume and boldly say that the word of God is spoken only to save. When they talk about the word, they say it is effective when men are brought to salvation, and it is ineffective, or it fails when men do not come to faith. And my heart burns, and my blood boils, and this condition rarely expresses itself in a dispute, at least open. And I have to say this unapologetically, that the Word of God never fails. The Word of God never fails, because God says so. The Word has more than one possible purpose. Stay with me. It is spoken to the joy and salvation of those who believe or who come to belief from hearing it. It is spoken deliberately by God to the condemnation and the greater shame and guilt of those who refuse to believe, those who reject the word and who despise the word and often who despise the messenger of the word. Why? Because of stubborn unbelief. God's word is preached in those cases to the ones that have stubborn unbelief. It's preached to them for the judgment of the unbeliever. Now this is an ancient truth, and it is well known but often a disregarded theological truth. The saving purpose of the word is called its proper work. And the damning and the judging purpose of the word is called its alien work. But both, proper work and alien work, are among the purposes of God in speaking his word and causing it to be preached. A proper proclamation includes law and gospel and the proper distinction between the two. It is that alien work of the word which we see, which we heard illustrated in our text today. Jesus points out that the Jewish leaders were stubborn. They were stubbornly unbelieving and unrepentant. Now, while in contrast, the sinners, who are the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they were repentant and believing, both from the same word. And Jesus speaks to their unbelief with a powerful word of judgment. So I invite you to consider the words of our Lord and be warned that the theme this morning is a powerful word of judgment. Today we listen in, again, as Jesus preaches another simple but short parable it is the parable of the two sons. And we heard that one says yes, sir, to his father when instructed to go to work in the vineyard, but he doesn't go. And the other son says, nope, not going to do it when his father instructs him. But that son that said, nope, later he came to regret his disobedience to his father. And he does, 
end up going to work. And so then Jesus asked the question, which of the two sons did what his father wanted of him? And the answer, of course, is the one that went to work, no matter what either of the sons had said. Now, Jesus tells them what it meant. He says, God is the father in the parable, and they, the Jewish leaders, are the first son who said everything pleasingly, but he was unfaithful. He's the one who said, sure, I'll go, and he didn't go. Now, the tax gatherers and the prostitutes who rejected the word of God, they came to repent when John preached, and they were the ones who were disobedient first, but then turned back and did the will of the Father. Do you see the difference? Then Jesus said that the tax gatherers and the prostitutes were going to go to heaven before any of them, any of them being the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the priests. That's a powerful word of judgment right there. Because the shameless hypocrisy and unfaithfulness of the leaders of the Jews was clearly condemned. They could imagine no person more foul than those sinners, and yet those sinners were judged more righteous by far than they were. The faithfulness of the sinner who repents is far greater than the half hearted, uncommitted, so-called believer who says all the right things yet does not live up to what they say. Sure, Dad, I'll go work in the vineyard. And he doesn't go. So what does this have to do with any of us? Each one of you here this morning are in the place of the brother who said yes. Yes, Father, I will go work in the vineyard. Our presence here and our confession of faith is just such an answer to God. Yes, I'll go to work in the vineyard. The question is, do you make it to the vineyard? Or do we say one thing and do another, just as the son did in the parable. What did the Jewish leaders do that earned such a powerful word of judgment from Jesus? What did they do? Well, they confessed the faith without believing in God. They tried to do the outwardly religious thing without having any real desire to actually do it. They didn't really believe God's word, nor did they trust in him. So when their Messiah came, they did not believe in him either. They did not want what Jesus offered, and they did not care whether they were right or wrong. They simply had to have it their way. And when they were confronted by the truth, they did not repent. Oh no, they, they got angry. And they looked for ways to either punish or silence the ones who preached the law to them. Like John. Like Jesus. But they would not admit what they knew, and that was that they were guilty and they needed to repent. Does that sound like you? And don't look around the room mentally or physically. Don't try to guess whether this applies to the person next to you or across the aisle or a few pews back. It's not how God's law works. 
God's law is never preached so that you can judge another. It is preached so that you can see your own sin and repent. The law is a mirror designed to show you your spiritual condition. And it is not meant for you to check others out, to measure others by. It's meant for you to check yourself. You see, some come to their church on Sunday to put on a show. They don't believe what is preached. They don't really want to change, and they refuse to believe that they really need to. This little piece of their life, the part that they call church, it works just the way that they want it to. It does not make them do things, nor does it not stop them from saying or doing anything. It just makes these folks feel good and holy and all warm and fuzzy. How do I know this is true? Am I just guessing? Well, I've heard too much anger and hatred toward others from too many. I've heard it and I've read it on social media. And too often the problem here at Reformation or any other church is that it is the some other guy. It's, he's the problem. I'm, I'm okay. It's his, him. I have yet to hear anyone say, you know, the real problem here is that I haven't been doing my part or that I really did some unfortunate things or I said something I shouldn't have. Truth is, the real problems are always someone else, the other guy. The point is this, that we have all been more or less like the son that said yes and then did not go to work. I am no less guilty of that in my life I'm guilty of that, just like most of you. I sin. I am not proud of it. But I accept it as the truth because every time, maybe not happen often, but every time I write a good sermon, it turns out to be about me, the sinner. And I need to repent. When we repent, our sins are forgiven. Amen? Jesus already paid the price on that cross. God didn't wait for you or me. He took care of it. He took care of our guilt and he punished our sins in and on and through Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? Now, when we know these truths and trust God to love us and to forgive us because of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, and we possess eternal life. And everything we need, everything we need done for eternal life and salvation and in order to be well-pleasing to our Heavenly Father is ours in through Jesus. 
And when we repent, we become that son who said no in sin and later regretted it and then went to work in the vineyard. Our work in the vineyard is first and foremost to believe. When we believe God's word, we will repent because it will humble us with a knowledge of our sinfulness and our need. When we believe God's word, we will trust God and we will rejoice in his goodness. And when we take God at his word, we will do what comes to hand. Whatever needs to be done right in front of us, whether it is evangelism, (laughs) easy for you to say, Pastor, evangelism, or the dishes, knowing that what God has given us to do right now is precisely how we worship him and give God the glory. Practicing the presence of God. Remember? People choose our church and take our confession and our religion seriously because we live it consistently. And it is compelling to see God in work, at work, in you. However, however, if we talk love and throw daggers at each other, people see it. If we speak about grace and then try to earn our place among God's people, well, then they know that we don't even believe what we preach. If we talk about the greatest joys of this life as God's gift, and then we act as though being here is, well, if we talk about, if we talk about God's gift, and then we act as though being here or being one of his people enduring the company of the saints is a chore, then people will see that we are just saying the right thing, but not going to the vineyard. People come to want what we have when we clearly enjoy having it and when it is a strength to us in life and not just another burden. There is evidence of this in the ministries that I witness you involved in here. It's attractive, and people want to come. Now, there's a saying that close doesn't count except in horseshoes and hand grenades. Oh, my gosh, he said hand grenades in church. In other words, halfway and half-hearted doesn't mean anything in the faith either. You either work in the vineyard or you don't. You believe and you repent and you hope in God or or the powerful word of judgment spoken of today is, is for you. So this morning, in conclusion... This morning we pray that God's word is done to us by the Holy Spirit, strengthening us in faith toward salvation and of calling into faith those who do not believe. We pray that we may never stumble so that we will experience its alien work. We hope never ever to be closer than this to alien work. We hope that we never be closer than this to read 
and understand the powerful word of judgment in our gospel this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand if you're able. Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father died in his He descended into hell, and hunger 
O Lord, we are your people, chosen by your grace to be your own possession and granted mercy upon mercy. Hear your people who cry to you in need and remember us according to the favor you have shown to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Make us to know your ways, O Lord, that we may walk in the path of salvation made known in your word. Hear our complaints and quiet them by your merciful deliverance, that we may respond with trust and thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy, encourage us, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that we may not lose heart, but being of one mind and one will, may serve you with gladness, doing the works of your kingdom and speaking your word of witness throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, help us, O Lord, to hold fast to your word and bless us with faithful pastors who will preach and teach your eternal gospel, that we may rejoice in doing your will and guide those considering church work, vocations, and bless them as they are formed for your service. Lord, in your mercy, shine your light upon us, Lord, that we may do what is good and right and live as faithful citizens in our nation. Bless Donald, our president, Gavin, our governor, and all those elected and appointed to make, administer, and judge our laws. Lord, in your mercy, enlighten us with godly knowledge and wisdom, and bless those who pursue science to improve our lives and the lives of those in the greatest need. Bless all honorable vocations and all honest labor, and lead the unemployed to good jobs and noble work, not only for their own interests, but for the good of us all. Lord, in your mercy, show us your compassion, O Lord, and in your mercy grant healing and comfort and peace to those who suffer. Deliver from Deliver them from all their afflictions, all their pain, and all of their sorrow and fear. We especially pray for Sharon and Sally and Kathy, who is with us today in worship, and all those who we name in our hearts or out loud to you right now. Lord, in your mercy, guide us, O Lord, with all our hearts and minds and resources that we may serve you. Give special blessing to your people and the many ways they bring the good news of your salvation and works of your love across our nation and world. Lord, in your mercy, Unite us, O Lord, that we may be of one mind and one will and doctrine, witness and service. Bless us that as we come at your bidding to receive the body and blood of your Son at this table, grant that we receive in this holy communion we may keep in holy hearts and holy lives. Lord, in your mercy. Help us, O Lord, to remember the faithful who loved and served you and who now rest from their labors. Bring us with them to that most blessed day when together we shall dwell in your presence on high forevermore. 
Lord, in your mercy. Grant to us all good things needful for this body and life and profitable for our salvation. And keep from us all things harmful that sustained in time of want and guarded in time of prosperity that we may endure the day of our Lord's coming and be judged worthy of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace responsibly and at a distance. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. For your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This gift is a gift to all who believe. It does impart grace, salvation, and forgiveness of sins. If that is your confession, then you may come up because the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. And now the benediction. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May the Lord give us clean hands. You may be seated. You can sit down. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God. Turn